the Development with Tactics podcast. Today, we are once again, once again, going to go through another book summary. The same as we went through yesterday, which is because I don't remember, um, and I might have even closed the tab, but I'm going to look it up. Going to see you after the intro. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Which book summary? I do remember that it was a good one. I do remember that it was one that I enjoyed going through. And one that was... Fuck! I should definitely... Um, keep the desktop audio low. Or off, actually. Uh, let me have a quick look to make sure that I'm not just doing anything unsmart. Do I see anything? <laughs> the Laws of Human Nature, right. Amazing book, really amazing book and really interesting one. And I, I would also argue a pretty useful one as well. Um, the Laws... The, 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 Let's see. The 48 Laws of Power, which is another one by Robert Greene, as well as um, The Laws of Human Nature are, or is, depends on, <laughs> on how you're referring to it. But um, I would definitely suggest you to go through the other episode as well. So yesterday's episode, since, um, well, it is not... Um, it's, it's no obligation quite, you know, you do not quite have to do it so that you can understand what I'm just talking about since it is more or less a bunch of maxims, a bunch of aphorisms, a bunch of um, things that, um, you know, they, they, there is no real story. I do assume though that the real book is about a story or does contain a story since most often it's it is a good idea when you're writing a book that even though it is something non-fiction-ish, you know, something that, where you just really want to um, be about the content and the message and uh, like, you know, giving advice to people, using stories is often a very good way to, um, you know, let people remember those things more easily and also just get it more easily. Sometimes certain concepts do not really make sense at, you know, in the first place and or the first time you hear it, the first time you read it. But then going through a story where this is kind of applied, you know, or just shown, um, it really does make things a bit easier or way easier. Obviously, depends on what it is all about. But still, um, I found it. Luckily, actually, relatively fast and uh, Beware the Fragile Ego, which is number 10, and which is also where we've stopped yesterday. So yesterday's last one was Confront Your Dark Side, which I think that I've talked about then a little tiny bit about it. Um, maybe due to time reasons, I wasn't too elaborate on it, or I didn't elaborate on it as much as I could, or maybe even enough, I don't know. But I still think that Using your dark side or at least being aware of your dark side is one of the most important things that is um, and also to communicate it um, Especially when it comes to relationship, especially when it comes to people that you actually really deeply like or love and whatnot um, I would also argue um, in a phase where you're just you know meeting and, and trying to get uh, to know the other person uh, um, 
pretty well, you know, to see what is this person's values, you know, what they are, they're all about, you know, what they do they do, what do they value, and so on and so forth. I think it is a really good idea to also talk about your dark sides, you know, not always being about those, like, okay, you know, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, I'm just, I don't know, this type of person, I'm just so super nice, but um, we all have dark sides, and we all have certain sides that maybe we do not necessarily like that much. But still, as also Robert Greene in the book summary suggested, embrace it. And also use it as I'm just reading it and you can read it here as well. So see the shadow, don't, don't, run, don't run from it and embrace it as well as use it. Um, I think showing your dark sides and showing those things that, that may not be overly great about you gives great context when it comes to decisions that you make, thoughts that you have, um, things that you do, things that you like and dislike, the other person really does get a better understanding about who you really are, um, which in the end it is going to show anyway, no matter what, you know, especially when it is some, some long-term relationship and I would argue that it is better to know it um, before it becomes an issue quite, you know, and before... Um, well, before it's, um, you know, before it is a, is a deal breaker or there is some, well, I don't know. I mean, when you're struggling with something, something that, you know, may not be shown just, you know, when you see, meet somebody just at first, which, you know, is totally normal and um, pretty often the case, I'd say. Like, uh, I don't know, like, I am not going to show my quote unquote very quote unquote real me to anyone and everyone it's you know just the first second i meet them you know of course we all have different sides we all have different um facets and and ways we can be and are and all of these sides just make us i'd say and um they all are equally important beware the fragile ego the law of envy we always compare with another with one and another and it rarely leads to good results for us. Learn to develop your self-confidence from internal sources instead of comparison and deflect the envy by drawing attention away from you. We disguise our envy to ourselves because that would mean we have to admire our inferiority. So we blame instead the system, bad luck, unfairness or the object of our envy himself. Also read how to spot a frenemy. Do the following to overcome your own envy. Move closer to them and you will see they have issues and problems just like anybody else. Compare with those who have less to reduce envy and increase gratitude. Practice Mitfreude. I've never actually used this word. And I've actually never also read it. It is clearly German, but... <laughs> you know, it is actually one of those words that maybe describing something really well but still nobody uses it the happiness for your friends mid for it you know being being happy for somebody else i would i would rather say gratitude well okay no it's just not the same mid for it yeah you know just being happy for somebody else you know and, and what they have and what they do and what they have accomplished transmute envy into desire for emulation and raise to their levels admire others as a sign of human nature potential yeah, um, I mean, there is one episode of the podcast that is entirely about envy and entirely about comparing yourself to somebody else. 
and why sometimes it is actually important even if this sparks negative thoughts you know comparing yourself to somebody else gives you um gives you some measurements if you know what i mean um i don't know if i'm good at something if there is nobody else doing it you know i may actually be really bad in comparison to somebody else you know i don't really know where i stand when i do not have anybody or anything to compare to of course this you know might be you know you might be feeling bad about actually being worse than somebody else but we all have talents and we all have certain things that we're just not good at i'm really not good at being really you know detailed and just you know doing very small things and whatnot i am just not good at it you know i'm also not good at working clean i can work really fast but very often the quality just does suffer but i'm fine with that i do not necessarily want to say that you know just because i do have certain aspects in life that i'm just not good at that i do not want to work on that or that nobody should work on them if you're really unhappy about it work on it do something about it we have response ability we have the ability to respond but still um i don't know we don't have to be good at everything you know it is enough hence you know even uh, more than enough to just be good at certain things anyway know your limits the law of grandiosity we all have needs to feel superior to others but the more successful we get the more superior we feel and that creates a disconnect creates a disconnect with reality that can easily become our downfall come to terms with your grandiosity needs concentrate energy focus deeply and completely on one thing practical grandiosity focus on goals that stretch you but that you can reach and let lose your grandiose energy um well i don't know like i think this if you are if you're fully aware that you're just really good at something then it is also completely fine and also good to admit that i know that i'm good at x and i'm better than most people at x or doing x or whatever it might be um on the other hand one should also be aware of those things that one is not good at and i would say that this framework this framework of seeing you know the good and the bad and just you know having it as some sort of um comparison in it of itself kind of leads to one being more down to earth of course i mean if i'm making trillions and billions and whatnot of money um just because i am good at something well this is also something to um, admit and be proud of and well it depends on you know the way you do it and you know stuff like that of course um and also just your attitude and your psychology and your values and who you are and so on and so forth but um still it is fine to be proud of what you do but um one should definitely be aware of the fact that this this success in one area should not lead to uh downfalls or negativities in other areas you know being being sure and um focusing on different aspects of life yes reconnect to the masculine slash feminine within you the law of gender rigidity greeny says that we all tend towards the feminine or masculine but we have both yes uh, when people go too far in repressing their opposite gender within them they will leak out in a caricature form 
Karikatur. Anyway, and it is often the people with internal conflicts who learn too strongly, who lean, I'm sorry, too strongly towards one gender while trying to suppress the other. Greeny says that the hostility towards the opposite gender is stronger in man. It is born out of a sense of insecurity and he says it is possibly because of the hostility men feel towards their mother for a time when they were fully dependent. The authority invites the readers to embrace uh, the authority. The author invites the, 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 the readers to embrace the opposite gender within them or within us, okay, which will unleash double the power and will help us better connect with each other. Um, well, what should I say? Um, yes, <laughs> certainly yes. Uh, as I said before, we all have different facets. Uh, we all have different sides of ourselves and of our personality and of who we are. And uh, this is good. This is great, which makes us also able to understand other people, you know, empathy, so to speak. But, yeah, you know, use it, embrace it, or at least see it and notice it. I know I don't want to say, okay, just then be fully this person and whatnot. This could also just lead to kind of completely, uh, I don't know, just going to the other side. Even if it is a bit uh, less likely, I do just want to emphasize that, at least at my point of view, it it is never quite smart to overdo things from the get-go and to just you know gradually do things as you as it is with i don't know stopping to smoke and you know other habits other things that we just do on a daily basis um period advance with a sense of purpose the law of aimlessness similar to what he recommends in mastery greeny invites the younger readers to explore and try different things to find their passion and also purpose the biggest obstacle you will face in pursuing and purpose is those drudging moments of difficulties, pain and boredom. Greeny says you should learn to get into flow and once you experience it, you will become addicted and always wants to come back to it. Also read The Obstacles the Way by Ryan Holiday and The Talent Code by, I unfortunately do not know, yes. Um, the Flow states there's a book about it, I've just you know been talking about it for years now I'd say. It is a cool state to be in, I think the best explanation for it is when you are playing video games. Um, you're just, the only thing that you're thinking about is what you're doing at this point in time. And you're fully invested. And it is a fucking great state to be in. And I would also argue that it is um, really meditative uh, in terms of actually one probably feeling better afterwards um, than before. Um, on the other hand, uh, yeah, no, period. You know, there's no other hand. You know, it is a great state to be in, and it's definitely something that you should be looking forward to when you're, uh, you know, when it comes to jobs. Um, yes. Resist the downward pull of the group. I should actually check check this and. Turn it off. Um, this was by far my favorite chapter. By the way, the law of conformity. Here, Greeny goes a bit into psych. Uh, I'm sorry, social psychology and sociology. We are attracted to numbers and groups. We like losing ourselves into the group's energy. 
but we also have an urgent need to fit in. We like to tell ourselves we are independent, but we are not. The people around exert pressure on us and instead of denying it, we should leverage it. Differences among groups are often exaggerated to, to create stronger feelings. So out-group and in-group and of similarity among the members. Don't fall for the tendency of denigrating your enemy. See him for who he is and learn from what he does better. Um, yes, which I think just really clearly and well explains um, just being aware and um, trying to, to see what you're seeing in the right light or even in multiple lights, which is also something that you know, I, I would suggest to do when it comes to opinions, you know, when I'm having an opinion about being vaccinated, okay, um, what if I am against it, you know, what if this is my opinion, and then actually looking for the data, you know, looking for the other opinions that are against it, and then just, you know, this gives me a clear picture of what are the upsides, what are the downsides, you know, what do I like about this, what do I dislike about this, and I'm never ever going to be just, you know, completely on one side, which is probably going to, you know, uh, leads to neglecting really fucked up things about whatever it is all about. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I would never suggest kind of being in, in any extreme. Of course, leaning towards a certain extreme can be really good, as it is just good to be more optimistic than pessimistic. At least in my point of view, and of course, this, this you know might uh, just change based on who you are and what you do and whatever. But um, still, when you're just fully optimistic, then of course, you, this might also or definitely has downsides as well. You know, so this just shows like, okay, I'm seeing a group. Okay, this group does X. Is it bad? Do I dislike it? Well, yes, I do dislike it. But why are they doing this? Is there any benefits? Are there any benefits, you know, to whatever the fuck that they are doing? And probably I'm going to see something. Okay, can I also incorporate that into my group, into what I am doing, into me as a person, without having the negativities, without having the drawbacks, without having the things that I dislike about it? Well, you know, probably yes as well. We must come to the conclusion that the primary group we belong to is that of the human race. Anything else is regressive and far too dangerous. Yes, which is an amazing hit on racism because it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Make them want to follow you. The law of fickleness. Uh, the loss of human nature is a great book. It's, and this chapter on leadership stood out for the quality of its psychological dissertation on leadership. Leadership is always built on a dichotomy, Greeny says. On one side, people want to be led and they look up to a great and strong leader. At the same time, they resent him. They resent his position, the power he has, and the power he has over them. People in power, though, see only the smiles and they mistake it for unending approval. When they make a mistake and people will be clamoring for their head, they are taken by surprise. They shouldn't. It's just the normal release of aggression and pent-up resentment that is channeled against the leader. As a leader, you must be seen working harder than everyone else, says Greening. So also read... How to be a leader, best leadership books, and leadership and powerful women. Green also recommends that it is better to start tough. You always have time to show your soft side. 
but if you start soft people might think of you as a pushover well they might think of you as a pushover but you know what about then showing your uh your your dark side you can also do that um on the other hand i do think though that um Well, what do I think? I think that um, it is something that I always see and I've always disliked about a lot of well, elderly people, but a lot of people that work in companies, you know, doesn't even have to be that large of a company or that big of a company, but most often, quite always, people always dislike their boss always and i always think like why yeah of course you know the boss is, is making mistakes and um might be having a bad attitude or whatever of course you know there are these people but quite always people have said no they they kind of dislike their boss you know this person is an asshole or something similar or something you know less uh vulgar or whatever um and it never made sense to me that's you know people always focus on this side and people do not really think about it okay um what are the problems of the boss you know he's the one that has to run the whole thing and he's also the one that is responsible for when something breaks down of course it depends whether it is a company whether it is a, a governmental thing you know really obviously this is just what it is this is just the case and of course it is nice to have a boss that is competent and good at what he or she is doing um but still, like, you know, there are certain things that, that people that, are, that have never been a boss and aren't a boss, things they just do not see, period. And um, one needs to be aware of that and one needs to see that, you know, which kind of goes back to uh, just not always being fully on one side, you know, and why it is actually not good to always be fully on one side because you're not going to see the other things. The other things that are necessary and very good for you being able to have a clear picture of what reality really is like. But yeah. Um, we're going to finish it today. Make them want to follow you. See the hostility behind the friendly facade. Our culture, civilization, and society tends to repress our most aggressive instincts. But we all have it. It is what made us the apex predator on Earth. And instead of repressing it, we should use our aggression. Also because if you don't, you will be run over by those who do. Aggressive people tend to obsess over the objects of people, which is a sign they want to swallow them whole. Uh, take stock of physical obsessions like anger in being overtaken or always wanting to be front and center case in point with trump did trump shove prime minister well i mean he even if this is the case he can do so doesn't he of course it's not a nice gesture but he's the president fight the aggressive types indirectly avoid making them feel not in control which is their greatest fear I do, though, sometimes like to do that. You know, in general, I'm a person that dislikes confrontations and, you know, negativity in general, but sometimes it's just a bit of fun to uh, 
to speak against people also kind of to see you know what is the response going to be like you know what are they going to say um what is going to be the feedback what is going to be the reply um it is really interesting sometimes uh, but yeah seize the historical moment the law of generational myopia by the way i've forgotten about how to leverage your dark side and the art of the deal as to um other reads you probably should check out um even Caldon was the first to come up with the idea of generations and of generational cycles every generation has its spirit its peculiarities like individuals they will also have their shadow and their repressed yearnings Often, like individuals, they swing in the opposite direction on their most repressed feelings. The generation you are born into shapes the way you are and presents unique opportunities for you. Greener recommends you don't go completely against the grain or you will end up isolated and in troubles. Instead of bucking the trend, it is best instead to redirect the flow of your generation. Well, or at least of your group. I mean, you can certainly do that. Um, of course... Of course it is difficult. I mean, I just thought about imagining a group. Imagining a group that is full of people that, that really, you know, like to get drunk, really like to party, really like to do all these things. And you kind of grow out of that. You know, you, you think that it's not a good idea, you know, it's something that you should not be doing, it is dumb, whatever it may be. So you say to yourself, well, uh, I'm going to suggest to my people that we do something else. You know, we kind of shift this thought and... Um, you alone i don't know if this is going to work out well being the only person that actually indeed then grows again uh, goes against the grain uh, i don't know leading with example sometimes is a good idea i mean uh, by not going uh, against the grain but you know when you're partying maybe not just you know getting completely fucked or whatnot and um maybe then also achieving certain things like okay uh even if i've partied last night i'm still gonna wake up earlier because i need to go to work because i am working because uh i i do have dreams i do want to work out even though um yeah period uh leading with example sometimes really often is a good idea meditate on your on our common mortality we all try to avoid thoughts of death but it is a mistake death is there whether you like it or not and to echo the sentiment all across the laws of human nature greenie invites the readers to use and leverage reality rather than trying to fight it or forget it meditate on your death so that you will make the most about your time instilling a sense of urgency urgency in your purpose and goal real life applications accept people for who they are and not for what you want them to be don't project your emotions on them don't try to change who they are and watch out for fake illnesses to control you partners sometimes can fake or exaggerate illnesses to force their partners to play by their rules hmm okay <laughs> i didn't really get what he's referring to to be honest uh, I, I would just in general say manipulative uh, partners or where you see just manipulative tendencies like no uh, just you know quite making clear that this is not going to work with me it's not going to work out with me either and uh, you know kind of a take on relationships in general uh, I don't know like 
a really interesting thing that I have seen by Jordan Peterson lately, very lately. Uh, love is not the only thing that you need and him actually seeing a lot of people that indeed uh, are able to just, you know, go without love. I would argue though that it is a big part and has always been a big part of our human nature. Of course, you know, there are some people that, I don't want to say they aren't human, but you know, they do just have certain other tendencies, tendencies uh, just, you know, away from being like the classic quote-unquote human. On the other hand, uh, yes, I'd say so as well. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily obsess about it too much when it comes to partner love. It is a very powerful way to improve your life though. It is also a very powerful way to just make your life worse. Um, that's for sure to be sad, but yes, you know, I don't know, like, I mean, if you clearly see that the partner is manipulative and it's just not a good fit, then, well, one shouldn't love because of desperation and because of uh, the incapability of finding some, something and someone better. Just my opinion, by the way. But, yeah. Criticism. Obey the laws of human nature is possibly my favorite book from Greeny and one of the best self-help books ever. There is still some criticism to be mentioned. Very Freudian. I find Robert Greeny to be very Freudian. Much of what's the personality traits he ascribes to childhood and pa parents, and he often invites the readers to investigate people's past. I'm not too sold on that. And neither are reverse psychologists such as Martin Seligman, who developed positive psychology around the rejection of Freud's big mistakes. The second sometimes poor interpretation of events. In a few instances, the laws and recommendations are based on wrong assumptions. For example, Greeny says, we should try to better understand trends and future events. Wolfgang was so good at predicting the future, tells us Robert Greeny. He even predicted the unification of Europe, which started happening after World War II. But that what that what? But that makes no sense. Wolfgang, I don't even know which Wolfgang, <laughs> didn't predict anything. He simply said something would happen. And on a long enough timeline, whatever you say is bound to happen. I can say today that Europe will divide once again. And on a long enough timeline, it's quite likely that it will be right, sadly. Also read Fooled by Randomness. By... Um, Ah, it's a very good author. You know, I do really enjoy his books or book summaries. Ah, but also pretty complicated name anyway. So too many personality types. If we were to count the personality types of the laws of human nature, we would probably end up close to 100. I love good psychological analysis, but they seemed a bit too many and the descriptions were not always deep enough to warrant their own category. Well, it's actually. Well, yeah, I'm gonna end the episode there. I just don't want to go through the rest of it. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna do it 